2: Your digital audio device is tuned in the Origin Truth Podcast, harbored by collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Origin Truthers. Uh, I'm Drew Croson. Somberly at Son of Crow 2 on Twitter, at Son of Crow on Venmo. To one, you can send money there for my, my buyout, I guess. To one side of me is the rumor monger, a guy who doesn't know what song this is. Ryan Stare, at Ryan S. Starr.
1: So, first of all, no, I don't know what song this is. And second, what is your buyout to get off this podcast?
2: Ten million dollars. I might know some people. Well, ten million of some currency, but we'll, we'll see what up. <laughs> uh, ten million yen. Ten million yen. Yeah. So the other side of me giving you full Fort pain ASMR. Mm. A man who is. 100% vibe into this song. The Chief I'm afraid the strain is more than he can bear. Mm. And also joining us Mr. James Jones.
4: was going to wish everybody nothing but the best. The
1: end of the road. That's right.
2: We have come to the end of the road of the Gus Malison era. At Auburn University,
1: eight time to park the bus.
2: Eight years as the head coach of Auburn, and uh, three as the offensive coordinator. That's around eleven years wearing an Auburn visor or mm-hmm. headset.
3: I've been to more Auburn games in this era of Auburn football than any other.
2: Ryan doesn't know. Remember a coach that besides Gus Malzahn? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah. He's Gus has been a part of the. The Auburn uh mindset, Auburn ethos, since I was thirteen, twelve. Yeah. So,
2: <laughs> legitimately. All right. There are here put it this way, there are students who are freshmen at Auburn, right? Who were born in two thousand? No, who were born in two thousand two? Oh God! Right? <laughs> who when well, Gus was hired, the
1: freshmen were recruiting. Just
2: threw up. Yeah, who were, when Gus was hired, they were seven.
1: But I thought Auburn uh, had happy trigger fingers about getting rid of people too fast.
2: See, this is the 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 media narrative that was started because of hiring firing a guy who won a national championship two years prior after winning that national championship.
4: Right. I I wouldn't even say that. I think it goes back to trying to hire a new coach yeah. before you'd fired the old one. Yeah.
3: I, I think that's really when it – that's when the Auburn is super crazy, crazier than everybody else thing started. Um, and I don't think that's actually ever been true. I don't think we're any crazier than anybody else. I mean,
1: look – I mean, we could have been courting a retired head coach before we fired our current head coach and then him turn us down and we still don't fire the current head coach. But you know. Bro,
2: you talk about – <laughs>
1: That's exactly, stealing the, the
2: headlines. Even that's exactly the. That's exactly
3: the school that I was going to use as an example of. You, you think our, uh, our backroom dealings at Auburn are crazy.
2: They're, the only reason why University of Texas does not have a new head coach is because of its backroom dealings being too crazy. Right. Their booster culture is more toxic than anybody else's, and so nobody wants to be there.
3: So is the one across the state. It took a guy named Nick Saban to uh, get it under control.
2: It
4: Um, and lost the way. Oh, across our Yes. It also took Rich Rodriguez turning them down. Yes,
3: right, exactly.
4: Don't forget that. (laughs) And who was
3: who was the guy who was caught with it? Was it a stripper? Mike Price. We're only two Uh, coaching. We're only two uh, coaching hires removed from them hiring Mike Price. So everybody that uh, gets really excited about a new coaching hire, just remember, even teams that I'm sure you think are the best have skirted disaster very close to disaster
2: he Uh, didn't coach a game though did he
3: no he did not he did
2: not that's the most you think about that what would happen if Auburn hired a coach and fired him before he coached a game
4: he actually hadn't signed his contract yet that's yeah
3: but he had the company credit card already
4: that's Tony Barbie style yeah
3: that is Tony Barbie style (laughs)
2: Never hire, Barbie style, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, the worst mm-hmm. song ever. Do it Barbie style. <laughs> mm. um, guys, we're here not to, not to, put it in a Shakespearean, we're not to mourn Gus Malzahn, but to praise him. Yeah. Um, sure. He's, I, I saw, here's some BS I saw on Twitter, and that, this is the time of the year where you're going to see a lot of BS on Twitter. And I, And a coaching firing at Auburn is going to bring out some of the dumbest Mm. parts of Auburn Twitter. But there are people who, for some reason, are upset that other people on Twitter are talking about how good of a person Gus Malzahn is. Right. And they're tweeting Mm -hmm. things like, we get it, we know he's a good guy, but he's gone, blah, blah, blah. blah. No one's saying he's not a good guy. Well, yeah, man, because for five years, I've had to put up with y'all – these idiots talking about how bad he is. Uh, yeah,
3: actually, there were plenty of people that were saying he was a bad guy the entire time.
2: Yeah. So,
1: he's arrogant. Right. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think he was he was doing things as a good person that actually helped him on the football field, too. So, yeah, I thought... Yeah. I think... The, I, the way he handled this summer with all the... Um, all the racial injustice stuff that the team was... Sure. Kind of was a hundred percent behind him. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple people, a couple players today that said he wasn't just there for that week. Yeah. It wasn't a media stunt. Like that's a thing that you, you know, didn't he, see him having to do government.
2: a weird press conference with his star running back looking like a hostage video. Like you did Mike <laughs> Gundy. We did not see Gus Malzahn do that.
3: And those guys are like, they're from the same generation. The, the same, you know, similar upbringings, just, yeah, based on I mean, and one, one guy, got, is, one gets yeah. it, one doesn't. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I just the program because of Gus. the The program itself has been I don't want to call it clean or whatever. The program has been good under him, outside of wins and losses.
2: There haven't been a lot of dirt bags on the team that aren't right. summarily dealt with. He's giving
3: people okay. chances. When they don't take those chances, they, they're gone. Yeah. And, and that. That's, that's right. And there hasn't been a lot of that. Um, dudes aren't getting arrested left and right. Um, it, it's, you know, I there I'm not everybody's an angel on the team. I'm sure, but it's it's we haven't had any sorts of problems, especially seeing as when he came in, we had people getting killed off the field. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh,
2: it's gonna. It all came down to. It all came down to consistent consistency. Yeah. It all came down to did Gus Malzahn make people at Auburn feel like the program was continuing to get better and put forth a consistent product?
3: I was never embarrassed that he was our head coach. Exactly. And I I know there's people that were. But I think that's because their priorities are in the wrong place, and and I care about wins and losses too. uh, uh parlay just missed. Uh.
4: No, I get yeah, <laughs> the, I I got the Steelers plus three.
1: It's okay. Oh, the, okay. we're
4: we're all right.
1: The important right. things, yeah. This
2: uh, uh, the, I think I think the we've, we we kind of hit the nail on the head on this podcast like twenty times about Gus, where it's like. If you think he's missed what he's missed on his offensive line recruiting and yeah. doing things that he used to do, and I'd Making say calls that he used to make,
3: I'd say mm-hmm. quarterback. This is what I told someone earlier today. Someone that is an Auburn fan but doesn't really follow it. Maybe reads a message board here or there, but doesn't follow it that hard. They they were saying just the. Uh, boilerplate things people say that don't like Gus, and uh, I, I I said I think the only things the the things that led the there are two things that led to his downfall. One is hiring Herb Hand as his offensive line coach. I think that, and I, I we've been pounding on that for a while here on the pod. But the other is being a little bit of a spotty record when it comes to uh quarterback evaluation, especially high school quarterback evaluation.
2: What's um, that thing you always say around it coaching is,
4: is acquisition, development deployment? Talent acquisition, talent development, yep. and talent deployment. And yep. you know, my my thing was always that Gus was an elite when he when he came to Auburn, we thought he was elite at talent deployment. Deployment, yes. Uh, being able to take however many athletes he had and turning Chris Todd into <laughs> setting Auburn's passing yeah. touchdown record, right? Um, taking you know obviously an an incredible athlete in Cam Newton and turning him into fourteen wins, uh, yeah. Which and the yeah, first
3: pick in the NFL
4: no, draft. That's exactly right, and and a and a competent NFL quarterback. Uh, MVP. MVP. I mean, yeah, absolutely.
3: Um, um, and and I, beyond that, Nick Marshall taking a defensive back sure. and turning him to the best it, quarterback in the country that the year. Best pretty quarterback much.
1: to never win a Heisman at Auburn. <laughs> Ryan. Arguing. Not now. Look, Ryan. Okay, at the very least, not, the fact that that's an right argument, now, <laughs> the fact that that is, is an argument is. that can be made. But badly, it needs a guess A bad one, yeah. It's
4: true. <laughs> Because the the actual best quarterback who never won a Heisman at Auburn was a five star out of Taylorsville, Mississippi. Yeah, right. Uh, whereas Nick Marshall was a, I, I want to say he was a four star DB, but it, it, as a transfer, he was a three star because his interception total scared everybody off uh, in, in junior college. He's also a four He, he was a higher player.
1: rated basketball recruit than football yeah. recruit.
4: Right. And, and to be able to turn that into, you know, 13 seconds shy of a national title, yeah. uh, that says something. So talent deployment was at least not in, nothing we worried about in, in the early times. And talent acquisition, I don't think really, you know, we have our, our issues on, the, on each line. But in the grand scheme of things, talent acquisition has been good enough. I, I think I I think
3: that goes, though,
4: to to what I was
3: saying is that the issue was not the acquisition. It was the evaluation. He was picking the wrong five star quarterback and Jeremy Johnson is the wrong the, the wrong one. Um a lot of people missed on. I, I'm not going to give him too much grief on Tyler Queen. A lot, like a bunch of people missed on that, and a bunch of people missed on Lamar Jackson. So it's not like it was an either or situation there. But uh, there was Bo. I mean, I, Bo's great at times.
1: I, I'm still not sure Bo is a unqualified or a qualified miss yet. Right. I think that's more of a mm-hmm. development issue. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's a deployment issue.
3: I think if he's yeah. running that Nick Marshall offense, he's he looks sure. ten times better than he has looked.
2: Um, I think he also. I think we, we haven't made enough about the fact that Gus's offense was predicated on a set of rules that no longer exist. That's true. And like once that once the rules changed, based upon people whining about Gus's offense and Chip Kelly's offense. Chip Kelly and Gus either one have been as effective offensively.
3: But and, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, but you have to adapt and I think that we saw a, a, not a not a unwillingness to adapt just an inability to really do it.
2: A couple of things I would say that I would give Gus credit for adapting like in 2000 and well, okay, a couple, a few years back, I don't know which year it was. Auburn's defense was terrible. Oh yeah. In twenty fourteen, Auburn's defense is the only reason why Auburn wasn't a top three team in America.
3: Why we? It's why we didn't beat Alabama. I mean, I mean, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Auburn's
2: offense had a higher S and P. Was the it was that was the highest S P offense Auburn's had under Gus? Was twenty fourteen? Yet we lost four games, five games that year. Yeah. Um. And, and
1: that was with a JUCO quarterback, a JUCO running back, and a JUCO receiver. Yeah. With Duke Williams.
2: And I and I'll say this like Gus, to his credit, went out and got Will Muschamp, completely rebuilt the the defense, and then when Muschamp left, got took a chance on Kevin Steele, and you have to give him credit for that hire. Like that was unbelievable yeah, oh, I, hire for absolutely for yeah. Gus. Yeah. Because part of the job of the head it, it, coach is to hire assistant coaches, and he's done an incredible job at hiring defensive coaches, especially for a guy who's supposed to be the offensive guy.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. And and to and I don't think you could find 15 Auburn fans that thought Kevin Steele was a great hire. No, well, I, I, I definitely did not.
1: I think I was one of the highest on them. And even I was of the mind that it was a, it was a fine hire. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, um, I was, I was definitely on the, uh, the wire. This, this doesn't feel good because he hasn't had success. No, I, I was like, give it a, you know, we got to give it a shot. We have no other choice, but um, it, it didn't feel like a great hire at the time. And it turned out to be really good. We've had, four years of championship-level defense. Um, But a hire that was also made around that same time... uh, Well, not... So, when was Herpan 2016?
1: He came in with Chip Lindsey. Is that that
3: right?
4: Yeah, his first year was
3: 2017. 2017, that's right. So, that hire was the one... Uh, that turned out to uh, everyone that was skeptical of it turned out to be right on. It was it was a terrible hire. Um, we lost what, three years of hmm. offensive line recruiting off of that? Um, or two years. Um, and it just it set us back and we haven't been able to recover from it. And ultimately that's it's kind of snowballed uh, from there, and we find ourselves where we find ourselves now. Uh,
1: Especially for an offense that predicates itself on blocking the right guys and yes, you know setting setting up your running backs for success.
3: Yes, it's it's a finesse offense.
1: Yeah,
3: um, and it just you can't afford to not have at least five decent guys ready to go every year uh, on that line. And
1: looking back, the uh, the beginning of the end, I guess, was it's the fourth and one against LSU and Jordan Hair, in 2018, where you're, what are they on like the 25 yard line? And mm-hmm. uh, the entire offensive line gets pushed back a solid yard yep. and we don't convert. Right. Yeah, When you know that when you're seeing that you can't convert a fourth and one in your own stadium, uh, that's that's a problem. And it a, never there, got better from there. And, yeah,
4: and it would it would be one thing if it was a you know LSU blitz the right guy and, and one guy wound up in the hole, but it was the entire line got shoved back. And yeah. and, and, and it wound up losing that game, and that was you know we've it, if we're talking about what put us on this path I think that's that's probably it um, I think there are a lot of games that you can look back at and say that you can't lose that that game
3: yeah and
4: there are there's a couple of those games in 2018 there are a couple of those games in 2016 and and those losses, just you know, started mounting up, and then finally there was one here in in 2020, and really two in 2020 because the South Carolina game was a mess. Uh, Bo Nix made a lot of mistakes in that game, but he was not put in a position to succeed. Yep. And then you blow a fourth quarter lead when you have talked all year about finishing better in the fourth quarter, and you. Give up the final seventeen points of a game to a top five team, and you know, give Texas A and M credit—they didn't roll over and they fought and and pushed to the end of that game. But Auburn did not finish the yeah. finish the drive. I think. Yeah.
2: But I want I, another point—I I, I think Justin Lee actually article today about Gus made it. It's one of my points that I when I when I argue with people about Gus, and I have at tailgates and other places. Auburn's expectations for each season are as high as they are because of what Gus did. Like So Gus basically raised those expectations kind of to where they were after 2013 and 14. So it was like, all right, so Gus is responsible for not living up to those expectations, but he's also responsible for those expectations being as high as they are. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like no one's gonna, no one expected Gus to be any good in thirteen, and then he was, and so now it was like, all right, buddy, you gotta. That's that's the bar. The bar is now there. You gotta keep going. Um, I think that was not necessarily unfair, but that was it's a testament to, I think, uh, Gus righted a ship when he got here in twelve, that could have very easily turned us into Tennessee, or Florida State. Mm-hmm. This thing could have been bad, bad for a number of years because of yeah. the cratering out of 2012. Right. And instead, he righted the ship, and then kind of at, as inconsistent as he's been, it's, it's better than we were
1: <laughs> before <laughs> he showed There's up. a lift to it, but it yeah. still, uh, still floats.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, it, it's... It's, it's tough. This this whole thing is tough because I, I don't know if I've admitted it on air. I, I, I thought this, I've been done. It's, this has been over for me since about 20, since 2018. Um, I, I just didn't, I didn't see a way for this to get, that this was getting better. Um, and, and I started every season optimistic I mean you've heard me on this pod predict us to win every game uh, but it, 2018 I, I realized that this is what it was and it was not gonna be any different than that um, and I it, it's really just bummed me out every year basically because I, I I really wanted Gus Malzon to succeed. Um, because of what we talked about, he's a great person and, and, and great for the program and the
2: players like him.
3: Yeah. And, and I, like, I don't, I don't players always like coaches for the most part. Um, at Auburn players liked Co- coach Tuberville. Um, not all obviously, but they but, did they like him
4: a lot. They like him less. Yeah. Uh, a lot yeah. Like I'm now sure
3: Like Like a little less now. Uh, you know maybe coach Chizik's a little different I, I think most of the players liked coach Chizik, too um there's some pretty vocal ones that didn't players loved coach die um i don't know how players felt about old terry b but
1: uh <laughs> they're big fans of bill oliver they were,
3: yeah, yeah they really loved like him so um but but uh, you know it's kind of seems feels like a requirement um but players usually stick up for their coaches, even when they don't like them. Uh, that I've found, I found that a lot with with company. Um
1: especially when you win.
3: Yeah, when you win.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but
3: I, you know, I really want August to succeed, and it, it makes it hurt worse when when he didn't, and yeah. when he when he would yeah. when he would drop games that were inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it hurt even worse because even I couldn't excuse it. Like I could it it, it and I don't know. It, this feels like a breakup more than a more than a funeral. Um, yeah, a, a breakup that you saw coming, that you both saw coming, and you couldn't really stop it. Um, and, and now it's happened. Yeah. And
2: I also um, want to like like he's responsible for i would say the cupboard is in a different galaxy for the next coach than it was for let's say when Chizik got here that the roster which Chizik got here was yeah again well that that, that offense I, had one NFL player on it i don't
3: i don't know that i agree so, when Chizik took when Chizik took over one of the best offensive lines that we've had
2: it also was the, low, the, first, the, the only national champion team that did not have a high blue-chip ratio, according to who, uh, who does the blue-chip yeah. ratio. has the worst blue-chip ratio of any team to win a national championship since the 2000 season.
3: That offensive right. line, though, is, is going to be the difference. We just don't yeah. have it. We don't have it with this. And, and that's, where you, that's where you win games.
2: But then you look at 2012. Yeah. 2012, the roster that, that Gus inherits had...
3: Had some dudes on it.
2: Some dudes, had plenty of talent.
1: Yeah, talent wasn't the issue there. It
2: was had some malcontents. Yes. Management of the talent. <laughs> yeah. Had some folks right. that, that didn't need to be there necessarily too. Yeah. But Gus turned it around. This roster has got more four and five stars up and down it than... Gus got when he got here. It's not as good as it was in 2017. I would say the 2017 roster, 2017 may be my biggest disappointment with Gus because that roster, I think, was the most talented roster he had mm-hmm. in Auburn. The 2017 season should have been... Yeah, yeah. That team was brutal.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you had an NFL year. quarterback, an NFL running back, an NFL receiver, two NFL offensive linemen. Yeah. And... Yeah. Or, you know, close to one of the best you've ever had. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I mean, Derrick Brown wasn't yeah. the best defensive lineman on that team.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think no. uh, yeah. when you put it that way, I'm wondering if that has been a big part of the uh, um, negative recruiting against Auburn.
2: Was that 17 wasn't a national champion? Yes. Well, I mean, you're not going to win it every time. But I will say that that roster was one that could have done it.
3: Was well, stacked.
2: It was stacked. Yeah, we but had. But he, so. he got it there. It wasn't like. Yeah. It was like those players just showed up. I'm right. like, hey, can I play ball? I right. mean, and and I, will, yeah. I will
1: say, you need to be careful when we say it was stacked because it was stacked in terms of Auburn, Auburn's talent historically. Yeah, it's not. But stacked it's not, stacked not like careful, Auburn yeah. was a Alabama, Clemson kind of roster or 2019 was, LSU kind
4: of roster. The the ones on that roster were good enough to win a national title. Sure. The twos were not
3: Well, that's what we, we saw. Not on good that, enough. That's yeah. what we saw in the SEC championship game. Is exactly the twos right. were not uh, anywhere close. Um,
4: well, and then we found it out the next year. Yeah. yeah. You know, losing losing carry-on off that team and losing. Braden Smith, too. Uh, yeah. A lot of that off the Right, yeah, losing the power off that offensive line. Really, Jarrett was never comfortable in 2018. Mm-hmm. No, You could tell. No, Now, now I, I would say freshman Seth Williams, you had freshman Seth Williams in 2017, and they might have been national champions.
2: Yeah.
4: All
1: right, All
2: right, so Davis most, and Slate. Let's go around the horn real quick here. Okay. What is your favorite non kick six memory? Non kick six, nine miracle, Jordan here, memory of the Gus Malzon era at Auburn?
1: Hmm.
3: Uh, oh, uh, I got a few, but I, I'd say uh, the 2017 uh, Amen Corner is yeah. just the best.
2: We whipped we the dog crap out of them.
3: Yeah. The ab- absolute best beating Georgia and Alabama like that in uh three week span was uh, that was the to me beyond even the, that was the pinnacle of the Gus Malzon era for me it yeah. is, is that week that 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 three weekends in uh, November of 2017 and that- even beyond. Even beyond going to a national title game, even beyond the kick six and, and, and the miracle Jordan Hare, I, I think th- those two wins, to me, were better because we just we were better than them.
2: And that offense, if you look at those games, did not look anything like the Nick Marshall offense. So to no. Gus's credit, he did adapt when he had yes. the ability, the talent to do so around him. He did. Yeah. But that 2017, because that Jarek Sitham offense in 2017 that beat Jordan Alabama was a monster.
1: Yep. And the sad like thing Mark. is, going into those three weeks, we were already having conversations of, oh, man, if he loses to these two top four teams, is it time to move on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He blew the hot seat. Well, at, the, at that point,
2: we
3: were only two years removed from a losing conference record. So, Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but, I mean, so if you go eight and four in 2017, it's not impossible because he would have been closer to the end of a deal. It's a small buyout.
2: Oh, he had uh, been gone. Uh, or, uh, I think at he's that gone.
4: Point, I think he goes to Arkansas. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um
1: yeah, for sure. Um
2: All right, Ryan, what's your favorite?
1: <laughs> so I'm a obviously I'm a little biased because when Gus gets hired as the head coach is my freshman year. So to me, going to Auburn football games was was Gus. You know that. Yeah, I I went to some games growing up, but I, I don't really consider that. Uh, I don't know, like formative experiences. It was really going as a student, so building up. You know, the the first weekend against Washington State. Um, it's not really a Gus memory, I guess. That's just my memory, but um, that was huge. And then going up to Texas A&M. And. What were they like number six number seven at that point uh with yeah johnny manziel right. team seven yeah auburn wasn't ranked yet they look decent but they weren't ranked yet You go in there and knock them off and i th- i think that was the outhouse to penthouse comment and in the, in the locker room i don't know if you guys oh. remember that
3: yeah yeah i remember that um yeah, yeah i
1: don't know and for some reason that is always stuck in my head um so yeah, I mean, uh, if you're taking the kick six and Pranger and Hair off the table, it's it's still a 2013 memory for me because that was such a big deal for me.
2: It's a big yeah. deal for me too. Being out, being a just yeah. Watch. I remember yeah. I was, I remember where I was watching that game. I was at I was on a retreat for this organization I used to work for at somebody's mountain house in like Crested Butte. It was unbelievable setting or whatever, and we. So everybody else is outside, like doing ski town stuff, and I'm the only one at, in the house watching that game. <laughs> I was just screaming by myself in this mountain house. Was like, that's a good. That's a good one.
3: I um, I went to that game and uh, ended up on the field after the game because I had sat in the bleacher seats that used to be in the in the end zone of the student section. I was in the in Aggie the student section.
2: The zone, what do uh, they
1: call
3: it? Uh, and I, I ended up on the field. Um, I had, earlier in the year, um, made acquaintances with uh, Gus's daughters. And uh, they saw me and were like, hey! And uh, so I cel- I celebrated with the Malzahn's on the field. And uh, I high-fived a bunch of coaches and stuff. And it, uh, that was really cool because that was a nerve-wracking experience. And... and um, That was also uh, the start of my stretch of games where I went to every single game. Um, I I missed – was it UTC we played in 2013? Um, I know we
1: played Chattanooga in 2010.
4: Western Carolina. That was uh,
3: when Jeremy Johnson started that game. Okay. So I missed that game because I was still working um, uh, at my previous employer – and then uh, after that, I started a new job, which I don't work weekends, and I did not miss a game uh, again until uh, 2015, um, the Arkansas game, I believe, in 2015. So uh, that was uh, that that's something I'll always remember uh, about the Gus on Air. and that's why I'm saying I've been to more games uh, under uh, in the Gus Malzahn era than any other. Um, just simply by the fact that I didn't miss a game for nearly two years
1: was tumors always rolled for away games before that because yeah. I was never in Auburn yeah. during an away game yeah I just remember uh, going was... at the end of the A&M game and it was there were so many people there it was like a home game had just let out yeah we've
4: always rolled it, it. okay it is it it actually is more of an away game tradition than a, ro- than a home game tradition okay uh, because they would get the and and this is going to date the hell out of this because it's even it's before any of our times. <laughs> they would take the ticker tape yeah. of the update of the score and throw it over the power lines or over yeah. the over the traffic stop lines yeah. at that intersection to let everybody know what the score was because you might not be able to get there. There may not be radio for that game, yeah. and then that kind of developed into throwing uh, toilet paper into the trees
2: yeah so I I, um, I really like the con- the idea of Gus not being the coach is still quite not real to me I don't know if that makes any yeah. sense like, I'm still trying to figure out like now what like what are we, <laughs> what are we supposed yeah. to do now <laughs> like, yeah. because again like With Gus, you knew there's not going to be any weird scandal where you're going to be embarrassed because your coach oversaw or covered up a massive sexual assault history at the school. Or your coach was texting recruits illegally. Or your coach was texting prostitutes.
3: Yeah, hiring prostitutes. (laughs) On a school phone. phone. Yeah. Yeah.
2: None of that stuff was ever going to happen with Gus. No. You're never gonna be in real NCAA trouble. You were never gonna be. Your coach is never gonna get caught with his pants down.
1: None of that. Literally, stuff. literally. Yeah.
2: And yeah. and like now, you look at some of this stuff, the names being thrown out there, and you're like, man, I already, I already want to fire that guy.
1: Like, I don't even, <laughs> he's not
2: even the coach. I'm upset
1: about it. I'll, I'll yeah. call the NCAA if we hire that guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I,
3: I think there's. Uh... I don't know. A lot of people would accuse us of being cowards, living in fear of the unknown or whatever. But I I think everyone is always a little too cavalier with this stuff um, because you could, as, as has already been referenced here, you can always just end up being Tennessee. Um, if you don't believe the but Florida Tennessee. State is in shambles right now, which some right. people don't, but Tennessee 20 years ago was – was a blue blood.
4: Yeah.
3: And now they're a, a punchline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll put true. it,
2: I'll put it even you more. You could just
3: be poor Texas. You could just I mean, be poor Texas. Yeah. Nobody makes yeah. more money yeah. than
2: Texas. Nobody's facilities that's is true. better than Texas.
3: It's true. And it's been 20 years since they.
2: And their old guy is beating people's brains in at North Carolina right now. <laughs> as a, I,
3: as a I still, I still think that's, I think that's a mirage. Like enterprise. Oh, I think practice.
1: it's. I think it's real. Well, I think it's just a reflection so, of what the ACC is. But yeah, so, different sure. so Chief,
4: that'll that'll lead into. So North Carolina had a three hundred yard rusher and a two hundred yard rusher yesterday. Christ.
0: Um,
4: that and that just makes into, me yearn for the twenty thirteen offense. Exactly. Yes. My absolute yeah. it's a I go back and watch kind of the. It, my favorite thing is to go back and watch like the offense only cut ups that. Shout uh, out to Oregon. Eagle put together. Absolutely. My favorite one is the SEC championship game in 2013. Because oh, man alive, boy. Every single. And, and we had a couple of mistakes in that game. You know, we fumbled in the first possession, we <laughs> fumbled and they picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown. But. They switched to this.
1: uh, I don't even remember that. Wow!
4: (laughs) This tight front where they put uh, the nose tackle and the and the uh, the two ends basically on the first three in the line. And Gus said, "Oh, really? We're we're about to run outside on your on your ass as much (laughs) as I can. We ran buck sweep. We ran inside zone. We ran." And the the hilarious thing about it was Trey had 300 yards in that game. Cameron Irish Payne had two carries in the entire game. And it was, I think, uh, like an eight or nine yards? yard carry to pick up a first down. And yeah. then he immediately ran the next play for a touchdown. So we could have, Cameron Irish Payne would have ran for 300 yards in that game if he got the carries that Trey did. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd guarantee it. Nothing Missouri could do. And this was a Missouri team that had Tony Ely and Michael Sam.
0: That's you right. Two of and the, two Shane of the Ray. Best right?
4: players, in the, I believe. Right? Yeah, I you're believe right. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was a very talented defense. And we did everything we wanted to them. Trey ran for 300. uh Nick Marshall. Nate Marshall ran, Marshall for ran sixteen for 100.
1: 101. Corey Grant yeah. five for 65. Ricardo Lewis three for 43. Cameron Artis Payne two for 36.
3: I, I've never. That, yeah. That's the most fun full season of Auburn football that has ever existed. I think. Even more fun than 2010. Because your
2: expectations in 2013 yep. were zero. But coming off Just coming off, by by the time you got to
1: the Texas A&M game in 2013, literally everything after that was gravy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, you, you were almost like, oh, I mean, if we lose, we lose. This is still amazing. We were right.
2: like, if I could just make it, right. we could just make it to the Birmingham Bowl. You know, it's an improvement.
4: Yeah. Oh, I, I, to ahead. me, the moment was the, uh, one of my favorites was the pick six by, by Therese against Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, we were, we were sweating on Ole yeah. Miss game coming in, and it was a night, you know, that was – that was the classic night game, Jordan hare This is, you know, this is an Ole Miss team that a lot of people expected to win that football game when the season, when the season started. When you, when everybody looked at the schedule, right. it was like, "Oh, there's, uh, yeah, I believe that's right. Yeah, that's right, because uh, it was Doctor Bow threw that pick, and he threw it. He he wanted to hit Laquan Treadwell, yeah, and." uh he he did not uh you know Wallace didn't throw it right threes he jumped it, kind of saw everything come and and that was the okay, we won a game we really weren't supposed to win, you know we had we had had to come back against Mississippi state earlier, and that was a game that was really a okay, we're playing with house money now, and literally the next <laughs> week was going to going to a and m
3: yeah yeah, um. God, that I I think I stand by that. I think that season's the most fun of any Auburn season and and Counterpoint, it's
2: the most fun Auburn game of all time. Was 2014 LSU.
3: Well, here's that the game thing.
2: Was an absolute blast. Here's the thing. From the time the kickoff happened to the end of the game. That was it. James
3: James and I became friends that game. Uh but uh I don't remember uh so much of that so <laughs> I cannot uh I cannot go with you there uh simply because I don't have enough information to uh 2014
2: to LSU game <laughs> was my first game back in Auburn oh, yeah. for a game well no I went to 2010 I went to a game in 2020 2010 I did not go to a game and I went to the, L- the A&M game in 2012 and the next game i attended was 2014 lsu and so it was like all right the last time i came to this place was the worst game ever 2012 <laughs> a&m and 2014 lsu man that's the one that i go back and watch the war room eagle cutups of cuz it's just it's like watching i don't know like a beautiful Matt, symphony or like watching a sweet concert. Like
3: Michelangelo painting the yeah. Sistine Chapel. It's just <laughs> Nick
2: Marshall yeah. in a fully operational Gus Malzahn yeah.
1: offense. I, um, yeah. I've got one more game for you. Uh, 2016 yeah. Arkansas. Oh yeah. The, that, just, so just, mean, be, that's a snuff oh film. Oh my God.
4: <laughs> huh? Yeah. It's, I was going to do a top three, and it was the three Z pick six and that Ole Miss game where we really because that was the game we figured out. Oh wait, Nick Marshall and zone read is is something else. Yeah, um, and then twenty thirteen Missouri is it, it is my number one, but the other one was twenty sixteen Arkansas because yeah. all of the build up between Gus and Bert and and Bealum. Pulling And, and then pulling that game out of their rear ends the yeah, year before. 15. Because we dropped about 20 passes in, in that game in 2015. And he played it like it was his flipping Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, as much as I hated him going into that game, I hated it even more after it. Mm-hmm. And Gus did not forget that. <laughs> we score on literally our first snap of that game. And we never stopped. Yeah. Didn't we go for two? Am I remembering? No. It?
3: No. We, it was, that was back it when was we were still doing the crazy. swinging gate. every. That
1: came out we in 2014, for, if I remember correctly. For some yeah. reason,
2: I thought we went for two after that Eli Stove touchdown. Just as like, let's get up eight, nothing. No, so
1: we actually 56, ran for more yards yeah. than we did against Missouri in this 2016 Arkansas game. 632 – Or sorry, that's total Oof, rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, rushing yards is 543 rushing yards. And nobody ran for more than two hundred. So, so the thing, the the thing about this
3: game is that um I there were no misses. Think I think <laughs> I I've, you know, I've talked about on the pod before how I used to be uh, uh, very superstitious about the Arkansas game, um due to what Arkansas did to us while I was in school. The hog hex. And so yeah. yes, I had my own hog hex, and I would not go um to see us play. I I did go in um. I get, yeah, 13 up to Fayetteville and saw his beat there. And I still was not, uh, I was not, not over it. I was afraid to go. And it was that 16 game where, uh, our, our buddy Golson looked at me. He's like, well, I think it's over now, right? You can come to these games. I was like, yeah, I guess so. Yes. <laughs> Good God. Um,
2: 3-19 uh,
4: Mississippi
3: State was fun. Yeah, uh, yeah.
4: Kind of that was it, you could uh, between the the Oregon game earlier that season, and I, you know, I remember walking out of AT and T Stadium, staring up at the heavens and screaming at the top of my lungs. Bo, exploded, deleted Knicks. Uh, and then boy, how uh, we things won have a changed. I know. But, uh, I think ones, we're saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, truly, the, the three words are there. Uh, <laughs> they may be in different order, <laughs> but but you know, win a couple of non-conference games, and then that Mississippi State game happened, and it was just it, you could not have. If you told me he was about to win the high as a freshman, I'd believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
2: I, I will say that he is. Bovers Mississippi State is kind of the uh, the Nick Marshall versus Tennessee thing where it's like I don't know what the deal is, but he hates this team like that <laughs> like that uh the move he put on that defensive lineman uh, for his in his touchdown run is unbelievable. I thought he was going to Allen Iverson step over and it was, like, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also uh, I'd like to uh,
3: submit to LSU from this year as one of the best games I've ever been to. Oh yeah. It, Unfortunately I, you're one of the few people that were there. Right. I yeah. was actually I actually got to go. So that was the, the big uh part of it. But just how good we looked and how it's one of the more fun games I've been to. Um and it, it's these highs, I think, that make what happened today hurt for some of us yeah. i think there's Absolutely. plenty of people the good was so good yeah there's plenty of people just tap dancing all over his grave before the dirt's even thrown on it but i it, for me it it it, it hurts it's because his tough.
2: floor is five losses
4: yeah but that's unacceptable i, know. I mean that's the un- that's yeah. the floor uh, unfortunately the ceiling was nine wins
2: yeah
4: or ten yeah. it was ten uh, was 2017 because that it, at this point you almost have to throw out 2013 because I don't I don't know that that's coming back and it's I mean you throw
3: throw out the worst season it, throw out the best season is a nine and four coach
2: yeah.
4: yeah the the cruel way to look at it is that we we had Hal mummy yeah
2: yeah. yeah. You thought we, had, we thought we, we hired Steve Spurrier, we hired Almamy. Yeah.
3: Except we weren't cheating our asses off.
2: Well, no more than yes, the other exactly SEC we team does. Yeah. Yeah, we we're well, we were cheating too much in the rule book. They had to go change a bunch of rules on
3: us. Yeah, thing. yeah. We
2: will always have. I, I will go ahead and say that one of my favorite Auburn moments of all time under Gus Malzahn was <laughs> running the punter out at receiver. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it It's you know,
1: gonna be one of the most lasting things. You know, again, aside from the kick six, because now every time, every time there's a like, oh, maybe they're punting, maybe they're not situation, that's what you're gonna think of.
2: I don't know why we and didn't. We don't chant is- sub Bama sub. 'Cause we should have. Yeah. <laughs> That's
4: great. The Good. fact the fact that we brought it back fans. against Tennessee and and actually like did the thing that yeah, we were going yeah. to do. Yeah. And <laughs>
2: Tennessee
1: was... didn't freak out. That's Guys, the funny
2: thing. It yeah. is it to me, well, in okay. some ways, it's better than the kick six. Because the kick six was like an incredible play that a right. supernatural right. talent
3: once in a lifetime and everything worked out just
2: perfectly to make it work like this it, was a nerd like dream a guy yeah. who goes on who loves x's and o's and from all indications would rather just sit in a room and draw up football plays than do anything else in the world drew up a football play that turned the greatest coach in the history of the sport into the Tasmanian devil for five seconds, and he couldn't not figure out first, what to do.
4: It's
3: not the first time he's done that. No.
4: Just, mm-hmm. just to be. It's just, no, I, n- nobody pissed off Nick Saban like yeah. Gus Malzahn. Yep. And, and that's what not. I want. I, what I want in the next coach is somebody that gets under Nick
2: Saban's skin. Because nobody so want to hire PZ. Lane Kiffin. Well, that, well, nobody gets him? under. That's true. That's what, he, <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he is on this earth to do. <laughs> this.
3: That's in the. That's his speciality, as yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi would say.
2: I just think I think as we've seen, no Nick Saban former assistants ever beat me, because they all just try to be him. Yeah. And that's just not yeah. gonna work.
3: No, nobody's him. And.
2: Um, not gonna hustle the hustler. No. Well, guys, I think we've done fifty minutes on this. Let's do some basketball. Let's take a quick break and do basketball. All right, take a quick break. Um, I'm gonna go to the restroom. You guys can start talking. And we are back 15 minutes and 45 seconds into this podcast. Ryan, let's talk a little basketball. What can you who tell? we me? playing?
1: Well, are we would talk about Memphis first, or
2: yeah, let's talk Memphis. Uh, I listened to the game on the radio for the first half. Well,
3: How was uh,
1: that? Who? It was Britt Bowen doing it. Britt Bowen, who
2: did a great job. And the incomparable Sonny Smith.
1: Ah, oh, love him. How did Sonny do calling the game remote?
2: Great. I didn't realize yeah. they were remote until I all of a sudden heard the ESPN commercial music start playing. <laughs> Wait a minute, y'all. I mean, y'all ain't there. But uh, I'm glad they, they got to keep Sonny away from this virus, man. He, he's too old to be out driving around. Um, Sonny Smith did a great job, as per usual. He, he loves him some Justin Powell. As you might imagine,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, I'm, yeah,
3: I, he loves a point guard.
2: He was the first uh, he lo- guy. He loves a guard. He was the first guy that pointed out that Memphis and Auburn were basically the exact same team. Yeah, <laughs> but in I a lot of ways, it, <laughs> I thought that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. we got to do this more often. Uh, we have a, a live fact check from Doctor McLaughlin. Uh, he's telling us it was Brad Law, not
2: Brad, Brad Law. Okay, oh. Brad Law did a great job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Doctor Thanks, Will. He you want to get on that basketball? Uh, you can.
3: I guess he didn't say his name enough. Yeah. So that there's a there's one complaint, and put that in a okay. suggestion box.
0: Just stat boy over here. That's all. Oh, thanks, that boy.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Ryan, you had a cool. Speaking of stats, Justin Powell's uh, was it his PER? No, it's his effective field goal percentage. That's just yeah, so his
1: effective stuff. field goal percentage for the season, you know, through five games, uh, is higher than. Anybody else is, uh, as a player under Bruce at Auburn, except for one person? Anybody know who that is? Well, you
2: already asked us this.
1: Well, well yeah, Chief. I know, but play along. Yeah. Chumo Kiki? No. Oh. I, oh, so Chief doesn't know. Okay.
3: I don't know. Yeah.
2: And
1: since
3: uh, I got it right, do
4: I get pre, to say it pre-injury right Pre-injury Anthony.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Anthony oh. had the highest effective field goal percentage of anybody under Bruce uh, at Auburn. Okay. I thought you said per. Now, for sorry. those of
4: us who aren't
2: scientists, can you explain what effective field goal percentage is?
1: It's basically the same as uh, regular old field goal percentage, but it's weighted for shooting threes, so you get more credit for that. It's like two. It's uh, like true obviously shooting Anthony percentage. was really good at that. What's that?
2: It's a little bit like true shooting percentage, but different in a couple of ways. But yeah,
1: the only difference is, and I'm getting them backwards right now, but one of them includes free throw percentage, and the other does not. I, think, I, think, I think, that, think that's true. And in, uh, throws, yeah. Apparently, if you play for Auburn, whatever includes free throw percentage is going to hurt you. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Since the Jeff Lebo era.
4: Before that, dude. <laughs> I think we when Jeff
2: Lebo, Lebo showed right up,
4: No, it's been...
1: Unless your name was Daniel.
2: I think when Cliff Ellis left, he put a hex on the free throw line at Auburn. You
3: know? It was already
4: happening before Cliff left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only it was, it was only a few players that were under Cliff that could shoot them. It Doc was, was Doc, Doc t- yet yeah. Yeah.
3: anything from anywhere, and uh, uh, Scotty yeah, Palmer was good at
4: them. Ninety nine and two thousand. If it wasn't Doc headed to the line or or, or Opie, I was I was yeah. worried. Yeah,
2: Will, give us your take on the
0: Auburn-Memphis game. <laughs> Big win for Auburn basketball, just because. This Memphis team, um, I, I think Memphis last year is kind of what Auburn is this year. They had an outstanding recruiting class, and now those guys are a year older, or at least a lot of them, and they stayed. And for this Auburn team to um, go into go in and, and knock this team off, yes, there's a lot of talk about Penny Hardaway is a great recruiter and not a great coach. I I, I can see those arguments. He can get the talent there, but. Um, I think it's a great – I think it was a great coaching job from Bruce Pearl yesterday.
3: Yeah, I think um, so too.
0: That was – you know, it was two very young, very talented teams, and it came down to who was going to out the other one. And, it, I mean, I would take Bruce every Penny any day of the week, but it definitely showed up yesterday. Well, number, it's not
1: like everything was clicking for Auburn either. I mean, no. there was plenty of struggles, plenty of things that weren't right. We came out
3: and looked much better after halftime. And, and yep. the single biggest adjustment I saw – and it was immediate from the very first time we brought the ball up is somebody pulled Justin Powell aside and said, let the defender collapse down on you before you pass the ball. And he didn't have any turnovers in the in the backcourt after that, um, uh, which uh, and, and didn't get trapped down there. He just let the guy come to him and then passed it to Thor. And then we got it up the floor. Yeah, That's um, one of those
1: things that's that's already on tape. That as somebody, you know, I'm not a huge X and a, X's and O's person for basketball, but even I've seen we really struggle if you double whoever's bringing the ball to the court. Oh, it, just until I mean, Sharif is Turbo, back, even yeah. even Powell struggled with that. Some until uh,
3: Sharif is cleared, uh, look for everyone to pressure us, uh, and, and it
1: all because it only teams takes with the talent. Like right. know, Memphis is, uh, Memphis is as talented as a lot of SEC teams. I mean, so USA do did that. it to us
3: too. I mean, every, every everyone we've played has done it to us. USA did it as well. They they yeah. pressured, they pressured uh, to break
1: say, yeah. eyes on them, um, and I think that's why we've seen a lot of non guards bring the ball to court. Uh, you know, Jalen's done it some. Thor's done it some. Um, and you know, at the very least, it's like, well, if they get trapped by some guards, they can see over them to pass out of it. Right.
0: So the first half yesterday, uh, Justin Powell and, and Turbo. Each had four turnovers in the first half. They only had one each in the second half. So they definitely got a lot better. And, you know, not only JT Thor, Jalen Williams was helping, you know, with bringing the ball up. He had um, eight assists. Yeah. He's, uh, he's had quite the, quite the stat line uh, in his first few starts. But one thing I want to mention, because we don't talk about this guy a lot, but he's really been a spark plug for this team when he's played. And that's Javon Franklin. He yeah. came in and he really gave this team a lift yesterday. There was a yeah. point, like seven minutes left in the first half. We were down eight. And I remember the color commentator like, man, really Auburn, it's got to really just try to hang on here because it kind of looked like it was going to get away from a little bit. And Franklin came in, he got a couple offensive rebounds, a put back. Next thing you know, Auburn's back in this ball game and they took the lead momentarily before halftime. And so, uh, you know, we, you know, Franklin's kind of the forgotten guy that's not in the rotation, but, he keeps doing what he's been doing. He's going to find some minutes for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll, I'm going to throw some uh, throw some numbers out out there for Javon Franklin. He is third on the team in offensive rating, first in the team in defensive rating. Um, let's see his effective field goal percentage. He's actually tied for Justin Powell. He hasn't shot the ball a ton, but All right. Um, you see in points per forty. Uh not not great in scoring a ton, but he's got the highest rebounds per forty, or rebounds per minute, however you want to look at that. Um yeah, I mean he he's been good every time he's been on the court.
2: And the thing about rebounds, that's I would say the tough Auburn has been a ferocious rebounding team in every game this year, but against Memphis, finally played a team that could rebound. Yeah. Like an actual rebounding team. And Auburn still looked pretty good. Like I think Memphis, I think Memphis out
1: rebounded us. Yeah. Memphis was insane on the offensive glass. Yes. And <laughs> I will say those numbers are so weird many weird second shot. by one by one possession. Yeah. Where I yeah. think yeah. Memphis recorded think, five like, offensive rebounds. Yes. <laughs> but I think uh, Memphis, but I think
2: Auburn acquitted itself fairly well considering Memphis yeah. a, a much more experienced rebounding team. And I would say you had guys like JT Thor who again are supposed to be in high school right now. Mm-hmm. Not like right out of high school. He is supposed to be starting his spe- senior year at high school. Right. And he played pretty well for a kid who's supposed to be in high school right now. Against yeah, a team he, that's got a lot of experience and some studs.
3: Yeah. He's he's improving with every game, which is which is great. Um but I, I think one thing uh, that this game made clear and reaffirmed uh, what maybe we started to think after the last game is that Bruce Pearl stole a top five player in Justin Powell in the country, mm-hmm.
2: like yeah. freshman. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think Bruce got a gem that Calipari is gonna. He, really he, upset
3: about. he he stole one. he stole one that. Frankly, nobody else really seemed to be that interested in. Uh, And uh, just the dude is good.
2: I think you're going to say, I thought you were going to say that this game cemented that Penny Hardaway is still really cool. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) he was really cool when I was a kid, and he's still really cool. Uh,
3: Um, No, because, you know, after the USA game, it was kind of like, wow, that was really great. It was only USA. But then he came out here and did it again. So, uh, uh-huh. uh, against a very good team. So, um, you may he may have had a better game.
2: I think he yeah, had a better game against
3: Memphis. I think he did. I think he was defensively better in this yeah. game. Yeah. Um, when your point guard has 26
1: the, points and eight rebounds, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good night. Crazy. And, and he no fouls. Scored
4: the first, he scored the first 11.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. this
4: was more of a I would say early in the game, that, that, that game really could have gotten away from us. If not for. for yeah. Probably. That
1: wasn't, that wasn't uh 26 points where he's just kind of packing it on as the game. Right. Goes on. That was, he had to be the guy right out of yeah. the gate. And he was,
3: he's doing uh, something that Mustafa Heron never pulled off in that he's having an effect on the game, the entire game.
1: Yeah, that's there.
3: true. Um, and, and and we've talked before how Mustafa would get his 15 points, but that was just it. He'd get those 15 points, and then you wouldn't hear from him for most of the game. But you're hearing from Justin Powell throughout the game. He's coming up with the shot that you need when you need it. Um, we're, we're specifically running the first play of both halves mm-hmm. to him yeah. to get us going. And he stepped right up to that plate. Uh, so uh,
2: he doesn't it, need a lot of like, sh- like he's not like this dude is the type of kid who needs a ton of touches to take a ton of right. shots to get warmed up. Like yeah, he walks he walks onto the court and he is supernova.
3: Yeah, like he is hot he ready, ready to go. go. Um, and, and that shot, dude, uh, it's pretty. And I man. I I hate to sit here and just gush about the dude. I I think it's uh, part of it is because out of all the new guys we had coming in, he was kind of the least. It was definitely the least talked about. I think for sure, especially
1: with the D injury, I I thought he wasn't going to be ready to play.
3: And he is. He is. He's more ready than pretty much everybody else. So, um, and he's doing this while
0: playing out position.
3: Yeah. 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 Um. You know, I I think we would have seen more from him. Frankly, if he had j- are just, I don't know. i, I Guys, I, I'm starting to think we maybe win one of those games. M- maybe all of them, if we have Sharif.
1: Oh, okay. I, I don't think we're beating Gonzaga. Yeah, I don't know. We're,
2: we're
4: not beating we're not beating Gonzaga.
2: I don't okay. think we're beating Gonzaga no, I mean,
1: you, you could have beaten UCF, easy.
2: I don't know if we're beating Gonzaga with yeah. Jared, Bryce, and Chuma. Put it out. way. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Zagatine is kind of.
3: They're, well,
2: They're so good. I think if you're
3: going to beat them, it's going to be in that you know, second game of the season.
2: Right. So. <laughs> yeah, let's look ahead. Who we got next on Tuesday Uh
1: Tuesday night, we got Texas Southern. And uh, I'm going to throw this to Will because I know next to nothing about Texas Southern.
2: They once almost beat Duke in the tournament. Mm. There
1: we go. That was
2: close. There's I, a lot of
0: those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, in my three minutes of looking at stuff, um, they are well, first of all, they're coached by former LSU coach Johnny Jones, who had Ben Simmons and couldn't get to the NCAA tournament. Oof. I just want to start with like that. Oof. <laughs> um, they are two and three on the year. Um, they have uh, close losses to Washington State, St. Mary's, and they've lost by 20 to Oklahoma State. They did beat Wyoming in a non D1 school, so they're two and three. They don't shoot a lot. I'm, of, I'm of,
1: going to look up where this school is. It's called Le Tourneau. Like, Letourneau. 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 So they've got a better record than my Tuck. Is it, in, is it in Quebec?
2: No, my dad was a, actually an adjunct professor there. It's in Longview, Texas.
4: <laughs> no doubt. <joke>. Yes. <laughs>
2: that is fantastic. It is in
1: Longview. Holy cow. Yeah. You're not kidding that me. is wild. <laughs> I need <mean>, to <you laughs> go to their
2: basketball camp. That's uh, great. Don't.
0: I hope I don't They have 3,000 students. But, uh, Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I don't it's pull like Ryan a, they don't take a lot of threes, and they're only a 25% three-point shooting Jesus. Team.
3: Well, at least it's not Ryan saying this.
2: <laughs>
0: I, I so don't even know more about this.
3: They're a D3 team. Is this like, like a French enclave in, Long, in Longview, Texas? Like... No, it's, it was a guy's
2: name. He invented like the backhoe or something like that and then founded a university.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds like Texas. Okay. I, yeah. At least it's not Mary Kay Letourneau. It's like an engineering and flight school, basically.
3: <laughs> James. Good one. Thank you.
2: They do, yeah. If you if you want to go be a pilot or like mm. build giant machines, that's oh. a it's a good school for it. Sounds like Auburn. And you're a Christian because it's a Christian school.
1: Mm. Eh, maybe not Auburn. Auburn. I mean. And between <laughs> like
2: 1983 and 2006, if you took business
0: law, you had my dad. <laughs>
3: so, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh, and the last thing about Texas Southern is the last time we played him was Bruce's first year, and if I remember correctly, we almost lost to that team. I think we only beat him like one or two that year. So we didn't beat uh, many teams uh, Bruce's first year. So no, but that's you know they're always a pesky they're always that pesky 16 seed in the in the NCAA tournament. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Texas Southern.
2: So All right. what do you guys think? Nope. Think we're gonna win? Think we're gonna
3: win? Yeah, it's at home. Okay. We we might yeah. bl- we might blow these guys' doors off.
2: I hope I hope this is a game where JT Thor has a little green light come on.
3: I'd like to get J- Jalen Williams going a little bit
2: too. Well, I, I want to talk about something that, before we leave that Ryan has mentioned a couple of times. Is that Thor? Everybody on the team seems to think that he needs the ball in his hand. Yeah. So like. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's walking up there and grabbing the ball from people. But his usage rate is second highest on the team now behind Justin Powell. Well, a lot of that is the press break, though. Yeah, that's true. And he does a really good job with that. Yeah. But his usage rate is real hot for a guy it's, who is not top I think two that, in, team in points. I,
3: that that can almost totally be attributed to the press break. Because he, he is he's the second guy. He... he Inbounds it, and then he's the guy that gets the ball when um, they trap us, which they do almost every time or, or attempt to. So um, he's, he's almost like a secondary point guard. The, those, those dudes are a point guard together. Yeah. Like, like a, two, a ten, two, two man point guard.
2: <laughs> One guy's a shooting guard, the other guy's six foot 10. <laughs> <laughs> also, maybe a shooting guard? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's six foot 10 and, yeah. and built like a baby giraffe.
3: <laughs> uh, I just want to see him fine. dunk from uh, the free throw line on somebody at some point.
2: Yeah. He looks like Slenderman.
3: <laughs>
2: well, he, I
3: don't know. He's a little, <laughs> a little Adam Silver no, no. is a little paler than, yeah. than JT. Florida, <laughs> so. what, uh,
0: I thought Javon Franklin was going to do that yesterday. Dunk from the free throw line. That oh one yeah. Tried. yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there Jay's something about different eight.
1: about NBA rims that make it really hard to dunk on for these college guys cuz they uh, they all struggled yesterday? Oh, poor Thor. Got hung up.
2: Yeah, they got a, there's a microphone in them, but I don't think there's anything different otherwise. <laughs> 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 well, guys, uh, I think we did a really good job today. We'll go Do ahead we and give another- it back five stars on this podcast. Do we have another game? Isn't there another Yeah, game? we have
3: Troy on Saturday. Saturday. I'm going to that one. The
2: Fighting Chip yes. Lindsey's?
3: So you're going to that yeah. Yeah.
1: for now. Yeah. <laughs> Chip Lindsay, be coastal.
4: Yeah. That doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Horseshoes
3: and hand grenades, Ryan.
4: Yeah.
3: And slow dancing. Uh, yeah. The, the, uh, Troy is a little better than Texas Southern, I think.
1: Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Actually, I thought oh, they were, Troy is a uh, oh, sitting at two ninety two in Kenpon oh, right now. They're, never, never uh, mind. they're real bad. Never mind. Yeah. I,
4: I'll tell you everything I know about Troy basketball. Wait, I'm not going to that record one. for Ryan's going you, to that
3: one. You're going to App State. I'm going to App State. Yeah, what James,
4: James is right. Yeah, Sorry. Sorry, James. It, it, everything I know about Troy basketball is that they hold the record for points scored in a single game. Yep. Because they played DeVry. And if you have not seen that episode of <laughs> Dorktown, it is absolutely phenomenal. It is so good.
2: Because wow. back then, Troy was running like run and gun, take as many threes as you can, and they played against oh, yeah. a school that doesn't exist. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the, well, this is like Georgia the Tech Auburn, played Cumberland. Yeah. Yeah. The Auburn well, for points, yeah. The Auburn record for points in a game came from that same season against Troy. Uh, wow. I want to say that was a Wesley Person team – that beat Troy like one forty something to one eleven or something. Because like Troy's
2: offense was, or Troy's defense was, we don't play defense. We let you <laughs> shoot twos, and then well, we go down like, and shoot threes. It sounds like our defense was we don't play defense. In that well, game. Yeah, because they, they shot a three pointer. Whoever had the ball and they crossed half court shot it, and then they ran back and got the ball back out of the rim and ran over there and shot it again. That's a
3: that's the uh, that's the offense my high school team was running a couple of years ago. Uh, just everybody shoot a three.
2: Yeah. Don't
3: like don't they? Their goal was to not have a possession last more than ten seconds. It was insane.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, guys. One forty-one, one sixteen. By the way, nineteen ninety-one. That's it is,
2: guys. Let's do it again next week. But let's not have a coach fired between now and then. Yeah. Um, also, rest in peace, Charlie Pride. Guess names are good morning, everybody. Right.
3: Bo knows? Yeah. Maybe.